ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Good afternoon, the 3rd of July, 2018. We are on the verge of the 4th and the holiday. I'm Bill Cornwell sitting in for Paul Swan on this 3rd of July. Of course, our sister station, it's a big day, one of our biggest days of the year because this is Dog Dazzle Night. Over at Harris Riverfront Park, there are thousands who are gathering there already. Matter of fact, the uh, first act uh, uh, will be uh, hitting the stage at 5.30. The gates opened about 4.30. So folks are already entering uh, Harris Riverfront Park for Dog Dazzle tonight. Hopefully, hopefully you got your free tickets in the areas throughout the tri-state. And you'll be joining us tonight. Of course, uh, we'll have uh, four musical acts uh, headlined by Chris Lane. And then we will have a huge fireworks display. And I know it's a hot one tonight, but so be careful if you do code tonight. Uh, keep hydrated. That's one big thing. And, of course, uh, the heat's going to continue tomorrow on the 4th. So if you're doing act- outdoor activities, believe me, you need to uh, be very careful over these next couple of days. Well, as far as... Uh, Programming on our stations, we will continue baseball tonight. The Pirates continue out west against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers uh, did a number on the Pirates last night, a ugly number. 17-1 to was the final as uh, L.A. beat the Pirates. Well, the Pirates will try to uh, get a little revenge tonight. In that contest, we'll have the game's airtime at 9.40 this evening here on ESPN 94.1. AM 930, where we remind you that two weeks from today, two weeks from today, the Kentucky Sports Radio guys will be coming to Ashland. They'll be heading over to uh, Blazers Restaurant, and uh, they're going to be doing their show live in Ashland. Uh, of course, Matt Jones, Ryan Lemon, Drew Franklin, the entire crew from KSR will be in Ashland, and they do have an interesting take on things, especially things Kentucky sports-related and U.K. sports-related. So we hope to see you that morning, 10 to noon, on the 17th of July over at Blazers in downtown Ashland for the live broadcast statewide of Kentucky Sports Radio, their first visit to Ashland. So we're really excited about that. And, of course, we carry uh, Matt Jones each weekday on uh, 93.3 Cat Sports and AM 1340. Well, a lot to uh, get into today. Of course, um, there's a lot of different uh, sporting events taking place around the 4th of July. Just a few moments ago, we had the wrap-up of the round of 16 in the World Cup soccer earlier today. The, The winner was Sweden. Sweden got a win over Switzerland by a score of one nothing. But just now, an exciting game that went to extra time and went to penalty kicks between England and and England gets the win over Colombia in the penalty kicks by a score of four to three. The final score ends up one one, but that means that Sweden and England will play in the quarterfinals of the World Cup on Saturday. So that was the action in the World Cup today, as that has continued to go. 
But we're down to the uh, round of eight, the quarterfinals. After all these teams have been eliminated, um, we started off with 32. Now we're down to eight. Boy, uh, there was more movement on the NBA front yesterday, and a lot of it involved ex-Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, one guy decided he wanted to go and play with LeBron James with the Lakers, and it's veteran guard Ray John Rondo. And Ray John Rondo has been really uh, making the uh, the rounds among NBA teams in recent years. Uh, probably his best playing time in recent years was been with the Boston Celtics, but he's really been kind of going from team to team year by year. But Ray John Rondo uh, signed a one-year deal with the Lakers yesterday, so he's going to be a big part of uh, Team LeBron as they try to get it going out there in Los Angeles for all the Laker fans. Now, also on the Laker front, another ex-Kentucky Wildcat moves who will not be part of Team LeBron, and that is Julius Randle. Julius Randle was uh, a top pick, the number one pick three years ago for the L.A. Lakers, and they had a lot of uh, faith in him, but they've decided to move on. And uh, Julius Randle is no longer a Los Angeles Laker. He has uh, been uh, moved and is uh, now a New Orleans Pelican. So he's going to be joining uh, another ex-Wildcat, Anthony Davis, with the New Orleans Pelicans. That should be an interesting combo. You talk about guys that have two different games when you talk about Anthony Davis and Julius Randle. Of course, uh, Davis has uh, can hit the outside shot. And he can uh, do the job inside as far as blocking shots. But then you just got a pounder and a rough guy, a physical guy. That's what we're talking about with Julius Randle. So nice pickup for the New Orleans Pelicans. uh, But uh, Julius Randle will not be part of Team uh, LeBron James. That is not going to happen. And then you have another Kentucky Wildcat making a big move going from the New Orleans Pelicans, and that is Boogie, DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is going to play with the Golden State Warriors, the world champions. If the Warriors were not tough already, were not strong already, well, they got even stronger with the bully boy who is DeMarcus Cousins. And uh, DeMarcus uh, made that decision, and uh, he fell into the laps of the two-time defending Champions over a chaotic few hours on Monday, during which the market collapsed on him. The uh, so fast, several members of the Golden State Brain Trust had no idea the deal was coming. All of a sudden, he became available. Minnesota Timberwolves paid more for Anthony Tolliver and uh, hard capped themselves in the process, uh, ignoring Demarcus uh, Cousins, and then, uh, of course, Julius Randle. Uh, we talked about him. Well, he was a possibility for Golden State, and they passed on him. So New Orleans' loss, other teams' loss, is Golden State's gain, and that means DeMarcus Cousins has a new home. How will he fit in? Because he kind of reminds you of the same kind of player as Drayvon Green at um, – as far as temperament is concerned, as far as physical activity is concerned, will he, will he and Draymond Green fit in with the Golden State Warriors? That that will be an interesting mix. Of course, you, you have already that, um, that great 
mixture there that's led by Stephen Curry. You know, how will they fit in? Because uh, Boogie Cousins has been known to kind of go off the deep end a little bit emotionally and uh, a little bit wild. But uh, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, still got Andre Iguodala there, Draymond Green, as we mentioned. And now you put DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins, in that mix out there in Golden State. A great team, a classic team, got even better. But will DeMarcus Cousins, will he fit in? That's the big question there. Well, a little bit of LeBron news today, a couple of things. First off, we talked about it yesterday, uh, that gigantic 10-story uh, billboard on the Sherwin-Williams building in uh, Cleveland. Well, it was going to be coming down because... Of course, LeBron no longer a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. At uh, Billboard has been kind of a landmark in downtown Cleveland. Well, no more because uh, they began the process today. We said yesterday, yeah, they're going to take it down. Well, they didn't waste any time. They started today starting to remove that 10-story billboard. Maybe by the end of the week, they will actually have that gigantic LeBron James billboard down and all evidence of uh, LeBron James from downtown Cleveland will be gone. Now, of course, uh, we, we mentioned it yesterday, you can get LeBron James uh, jerseys at the Cavaliers team shop at Quicken Loans Arena. You can get it with uh, 40% off. Maybe the next couple of days, maybe it'll be down to 50% off. So if you, you want a discounted LeBron Cleveland Cavaliers jersey, well, there's your chance. There's your opportunity. Another bit of uh, LeBron news, move over at Gronkowski. There's a new horse in town, and he's a king. Phoenix Thoroughbreds, an English-based horse company, acquired the two-year-old son of Medallia de Oro and received permission to name the colt LeBron J, just like the newly signed LeBron, Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James. Phoenix also owns the racehorse who ran rather well in uh, the recent uh, Triple Crown, Gronkowski. LeBron Jay is trading in California with Doug O'Neill and will be eligible for the Triple Crown races next year. Now, Doug O'Neill has trained two Kentucky Derby winners, Nyquist, in 2016, and I'll have another in 2012. Gronkowski, who was named for, obviously, the New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski, finished second in the Belmont Stakes this year behind the Triple Crown winner, Justify. Not only did Gronkowski, the football player, attend the race, he also owns a stake in the horse. Only time will tell if LeBron buys into his namesake. Will LeBron James buy a piece of LeBron J? That would be pretty neat. Have a little, he'd have a little bit of, uh, shall we say, wagering interest in his own namesake horse. But good for him. That would be very interesting. 17 after 5 right now here on The Drive on this 3rd of July, 2018. Time for our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Greenbrier Classic. Of course, President Trump is headed to White Sulphur Springs as we speak. Uh, Air Force One just flew out of Andrews Air Force Base, headed for the uh, Greenbrier County Airport in Lewisburg. Uh, President Trump is going to speak tonight at the... Uh, dinner that they're having before tomorrow's Pro-Am. I think this is kind of a pairings party, but it is also an honor, a dinner to honor 
our fighting men. Of course, the tournament this year is known as a salute to the military at the Greenbrier, not the Greenbrier Classic as it has been known in the past. But we're going to talk about some some Kelly Green interest in this because there are three ex-martial golfers playing in the Military Classic at the Greenbrier. And we'll talk about uh, who who a lot of the experts think are going to win this weekend. We're going to be hitting that in just a few moments right here on The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's 523. Bill Cornwell sitting in for Paul Swan on this third day of July 2018. Just a few moments away from... uh, Dog Dazzle getting underway. Our first act, uh, Tyler Booth hitting the stage over at the Harris Riverfront Park this evening. Hope to see a lot of you over there. Of course, it all wraps up with fireworks about 9.30, 10 o'clock this evening. Uh, but uh, expecting a big night over at Harris Riverfront Park this evening. Uh, of course, uh, we will not have a show tomorrow, 4th of July. A lot of baseball, a lot of other sports programming going on. Uh, we will be back on Thursday with the drive, and uh, Spanky will, uh, Rogers will be taking care of it uh, the rest of the week in uh, place of Paul Swan. Paul will be back a little bit later on next week. Well, uh, practice rounds continue today at the Greenbrier. Of course, the military tribute at the Greenbrier will start as far as actual PGA play on Thursday morning. And it's going to be an interesting weekend because not only is it a time for guys to get a championship, to get a win, but also guys are playing for spots in the British Open. Just like last week at the uh, Quicken's Loans Tournament that's hosted by Tiger Woods, there are spots in the British in the uh, British Open that are available at the Greenbrier this weekend. So a lot of guys who'd love to be heading over to across the Atlantic Ocean in a couple of weeks to play in that major tournament. They're going to be fighting for spots this weekend. But first, let's talk about a true shade of Kelly Green in the tournament this weekend because there are three former herd golfers, former Marshall golfers, set to play at the Greenbrier Classic. And they are Davy Jude, Logan Lagadich, and Sam O'Dell, part of that field of 139. Now, J- Davy Jude played from 2012 to 2016 at Marshall. Logan Lagadich from 2012 and 6 to 16. Sam O'Dell a little earlier, 1997 to 2000. So former teammates Jude and Lagadich making their PGA Tour debuts at the Old White. O'Dell previously played at the Greenbrier in 2015, and he has played many times in the West Virginia Amateur Tournament. Former herd golfers would be against big names like Phil Mickelson, Stuart Appleby, Jim Furyk, Bubba Watson, John Daly, and VJ Singh, Xander Schauffele, who won the 2017 tournament, again, part of the field. And, of course, Matt Grobe, uh, the Marshall men's golfer, he's a uh, golf coach, that is. He is pretty excited about it. He coached Davey Jude and Logan Lagadich, kind of a quote here from uh, Matt Groby says, I'm so excited for Davey and Logan to make their PGA Tour debuts at the military tribute at the Greenbrier. They both played the Greenbrier intercollegiate in college and both had good results. Having Sam also make the field as the West Virginia Amateur Champion is great. He's played in the event before. He's also had great success 
at the Old White. I can't wait to see all how all three fare this week. It's really neat to have three former Marshall golfers in that field. Now, the Old White course, the Old White TPC course, as it is now, is a par 70 course, 7,286 total yards. Davey Jude's played in 20 tournaments during his time at Marshall. He received a sponsor's exemption to play this week. The Kermit native finished as the runner-up at the 84th West Virginia Open last year. Laganich played in 40 tournaments for the Herd, winning two. He qualified for the Greenbrier after shooting a 66 uh, last Thursday to advance into yesterday's qualifier at Glade Springs. And the Canton native shot another 66 to get into a playoff. Lagadich then hit par on his first playoff hole to qualify for the tournament. Sam O'Dell, who was named an academic All-American in 2000, has won the West Virginia Amateur four times. O'Dell played in the 2015 Greenbrier Classic the year before catastrophic flooding canceled the 2016 Classic. So that's great news for the Marshall Golf Program. Good luck to Davey Jude, Logan Lagadich, and Sam O'Dell as they play in the military tribute at the Greenbrier starting on Thursday, no doubt Thursday morning. Now, who's got a chance to win this weekend at the Old White TPC? Tiger Woodson will not be there. Uh, Of course, uh, Tiger had a pretty good run there in his own tournament, the Quicken Loans National, up at uh, TPC Potomac in the Washington, D.C. area. But... uh, Phil Mickelson will be there, and a lot of other big names will be in attendance. Uh, Kyle Porter, who is a uh, writer for CBSSports.com, he uh, has his uh, possibilities for winning. Uh, ranking the field, he says uh, first off is Bubba Watson. He gives him 20-to-1 odds. He says when Bubba plays Bubba golf like he did at the Travelers, feels like he might ever lose. Also, this course demands you be a great driver, and of course, Bubba is a great driver. Also, Bubba has some home course information because he actually has a home at the Greenbrier. He's one of the tour spokesmen for the Greenbrier. So uh, Bubba Watson has three tour wins so far this year. Let's see if he can make it a fourth. Now, Jimmy Walker, he uh, he's given a, a good chance to win this weekend. 33-1 to 1 odds. Hasn't missed a cut since February. A top 10 at adjusted strokes gained on the Old White TPC course. Last year's champion, Xander Shoffley. Um, Shoffley drove it so well last year in his first win. He only has two made cuts in his last six events, but they're top tens at the Players and the U.S. Open. Phil Mickelson, 22-1 uh, to 1 odds. And uh, there is a lot of folks hoping that he talks a bit more about his recent blow-up at the U.S. Open where he... Uh, uh, rushed up to the green and hit a putt with a ball moving and was penalized for that. Other guys who are really given uh, good chances to win this weekend, a uh, very exciting young golfer, Tony Finau, top 15 in his last two appearances at the Greenbrier. Webb Simpson, a guy who knows his way around the old white pretty well. J.B. Holmes, the Kentucky. He's done well at the, in the past at the Greenbrier. He's finished in the top 25 in each of his last three appearances. Uh, other players, Joaquin Neiman, Kevin Naw, Charles Howell III, Aaron Wise, Brian Harmon, Brent Snedeker, who's had an up-and-down year, but he's made three straight cuts prior to the Travelers. And finally, Ryan Moore, number 16 on the PGA Tour in strokes gained from tee to green. 
and that'll count this week. Good field. Uh, again, Kyle Porter, the golf writer for CBSSports.com, he gives the field strength an A. Says it is a strong field, even though Tiger is not a part of it. You don't see Jordan Spieth's name there either. Three stories to watch this week at the Military Tribute of the Greenbrier. Uh, Mickelson speaks probably, they say. They say we'll get to see Lefty for the first time in public since his Wild U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills a few weeks ago. He's a big advocate for this event, and even though he's not holding a pre-tournament press conference, he won't be able to avoid questions forever. And so maybe we'll hear more about the recent blow-up at the uh, U at the U.S. Open. A uh, new guy on the tour who's making his tour debut is uh, Norman Zhang, Oregon Ducks star, uh, a real standout at the recent NCAA championships in Oklahoma. Well, he is going to be one guy to watch this weekend. And finally, we talked about an open qualifying last week. Uh, Bronson Burgoon, Abraham Answer, Sung Kang, and Ryan Armour locked off spots in the Open Championship with their finishes at the Quicken Loans National, events that are part of the Open Qualifying Series, which includes the Greenbrier. Give out a handful of invites to the top players in a given week who aren't already qualified. So it is going to be intriguing to see who has a big Sunday and sneaks in this week at the Military Tribute at the Greenbrier. Well, as we mentioned, uh, President Trump is on his way to the Greenbrier as we speak. Uh, he's going to be speaking at a dinner this evening. A lot of military are being honored. Also, this is, uh, from what I understand, kind of a pairings party for tomorrow's Pro-Am, which is always a lot of fun prior to the start of the tournament coming up on Thursday morning. Time for another break. We'll talk a little bit of NFL and maybe a little bit of college basketball when we come back. You're listening to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 36 here on The Drive. Bill Cornwell in for Paul Swan. It's 3rd of July. We're off tomorrow. We'll be back. Spanky Rogers will be sitting in for Paul on Thursday. A little bit of news from the NFL and uh, interesting uh, news regarding T.O. Terrell Owens. Of course, Terrell Owens going into the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton in about a month. But he announced recently, you know what? I don't want to be there physically live for that event. And he's, of course, been getting a lot of heat about that, as you might imagine. Well, he made an announcement regarding this today. He's going to be somewhere. He's just not going to be in Canton. Uh, Terrell Owens announced on his Twitter account he'll make his Pro Football Hall of Fame induction speech at his alma mater, the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. On August 4th, former wide receiver had previously announced he would not attend the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony in Canton scheduled for the same date. He said, after giving it much thought, I've realized just how much I want to celebrate what will inevitably be the best weekend of my life at a place that means so much to me. And he means University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Of course, Marshall football fans can remember seeing Terrell Owens playing for the Mocs against the Herd back in the mid-90s. Terrell Owens will give his speech on campus at McKenzie Arena, of course, Marshall basketball fans will remember that as the Roundhouse. 
but now they go. They call it Ken McKenzie Arena. Uh, Owens will give his speech at McKenzie Arena. It's scheduled to begin at 3.17 Eastern Time on the 4th of August, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Canton that evening at 7. Uh, T.O. says, I'm proud to be a mock, and I'm honored to be able to share this experience with my family, friends, teammates, and fans at the place that provided me an opportunity beyond high school and where I truly began to find myself as an athlete. Thank you to everyone who has supported my celebration decision. I look forward to seeing you all in Chattanooga. He said, get your popcorn ready. <laughs> Owens was selected for enshrinement in the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2017 along with Marshall alum Randy Moss, also Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher, and Brian Dawkins. They'll be joined by Bobby Bethard in the Contributor Category and Seniors Committee nominees Jerry Kramer and Robert Brazil. A finalist for the past three years, Owens had been a hot-button candidate after offering public criticism of the Board of Selectors when he was not chosen for the Hall in 2016 or 2017. He had just not had a very good feeling in his heart toward the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Third-round selection of the 49ers in 1996, Owens ranks eighth all-time in receptions, second in receiving yards, third in receiving touchdowns. He played for the 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Bills, and don't forget he played for a while for the Bengals. During a career that spanned 15 years, Owens played for the Mocs from 1992 to 1995. He had 133 catches for 2,320 yards and 19 touchdowns. He ranked second in career receiving yards and third in touchdown receptions at Chattanooga. So he is going to make his NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame speech at the Roundhouse in Chattanooga rather than in Canton. And this does not surprise one if you know the story about Terrell Owens. Also, San Francisco 49ers linebacker Reuben Foster fined and suspended a couple of games for the NFL for violating the league's conduct and substance abuse policies. Foster issued a statement that said, I accept the league's decision and I'm sorry my mistakes have hurt my team. I have a responsibility to the 49ers, our fans, and our community, and I'm committed to learning from this situation and making better choices in the future. The support I've received over the last five months has been humbling, and I do not take it for granted. In June, Foster pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor charge related to possession of an illegal weapon stemming from a February 11th incident in Los Gatos, California. He was sentenced to 232 hours of community service and two years of probation in which he's barred from the possession of any guns or ammunition. He also must pay $235 in fines and surrender the weapon that brought the charge, a Sig Sauer 516. So Reuben Foster going to be sitting out first couple of games of the NFL season. Man, you wouldn't think that it's too early to talk a little college basketball. If you're a Kentucky fan, it's never too early to talk college basketball. That's, of course, that's one reason that we're encouraging folks to attend uh, at uh, KSR. We're live broadcast in Ashland at Blazers two weeks from the day, 10 a.m. to noon, because there'll be a lot of talk about Kentucky basketball. Uh, when you look around, who's going to be uh, the best coming in next year? Well, a lot of the experts are saying watch out for Kentucky and watch out for the Kansas Jayhawks in recent years. You know, a lot of people have been high on the, the Duke Blue Devils as well. You're not hearing that much about that. But, uh, of course, Kentucky uh, is being uh, given great credit 
Also, uh, Kansas is because the returning of LeGerald Vick. A lot of folks thought he was going to be going to the NBA draft, but uh, he joins Udoka Azubuike, who declared for the draft and then hopped out of the pool. And Vick and Azubuike are the real, I guess you could say, the real cement of a good Kansas lineup. But, of course, Kentucky got great news just a few days ago when Stanford graduate transfer Reed Travis announced he was going to be finishing his career at Kentucky. And, uh, man, what a great pickup. Uh, He was already a top 20 player in college basketball while he was at Kansas. So you add him to an already outstanding Kentucky freshman class, plus some of the fine returnees that Kentucky has including Quade Green, and, uh, man, Kentucky is going to be loaded. They are going to be uh, – there's just really going to be a tough tough uh, out for a lot of people. Quade Green, Nick Richards, obviously, and P.J. Washington all coming back. Uh, one year of, of experience in their career, and uh, they're just a little bit stronger, a little bit more experienced, and they're going to be that much exciting. Of course, Kentucky already uh, got uh, Ashton Hagens, top-ranked point guard in his 2019 class, reclassified and has graduated from high school. Uh, Jamaro Baker, great three-point shooter. Uh, he is in the Kentucky fold. So, again, U.K. is absolutely loaded. U.K. and Kansas, two teams to watch out for uh, in the upcoming season college basketball. Time for another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the real, real top-notch event for July 4th. It ain't baseball. It ain't golf. We're talking eating. We're talking eating. That's what's the big event, and it's coming up tomorrow. And We're going to preview the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest because it is huge, baby. It is huge right here on 94.1 at AM 930 The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's 5.50. We're just 10 minutes away from the top of the hour. A little bit of a news update. Uh, President Trump has arrived at the, the Greenbrier Valley Airport in Lewisburg, West Virginia. He's going to be uh, speaking and appearing tonight at the military salute dinner at the military tribute at the Greenbrier PGA Tournament. Uh, Again, he was going to have a few words to say. This is kind of a military tribute dinner along with, um, uh, from what I understand, the pairings party for tomorrow's Pro-Am before the tournament gets underway uh, on Thursday. But a very short trip from Andrews Air Force Base to uh, the Greenbrier Valley Airport there in uh, Lewisburg, and President has landed. Air Force One is there, so he has arrived. Of course, tomorrow, a lot of us look forward to the 4th of July. We look forward to picnics. We look forward to baseball games. We look forward to uh, traditions, you know, maybe a dip in the pool, um, you know, whatever your tradition might be. But as for me, and as for a lot of people, when noontime comes tomorrow, you turn on to ESPN. And you know what you do. You're not watching Sports Center. You're not watching a baseball game. 
because tomorrow during the 12 o'clock hour, it will be the event of all events on the 4th of July, and we are talking about the hot dog eating contest, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Tomorrow is the 11th Nation's Hot Dog Eating Contest at Coney Island, and it's the it's a, a big event. And Joey Chestnut is the favorite to win his 11th Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest tomorrow. He made it 10 last year. He'd actually, a couple of years ago, lost. He'd lost, uh, and, uh, but he came back, and he came back in a big way. And uh, here's what's interesting. There's a lot of folks and a lot of money uh, riding on him. Bookmakers say upwards of a million dollars. Hard to believe a million dollars is bet across the sportsbook industry on the hot dog eating contest. And Chestnut is listed as high as a negative 700 favorite to beat the field to finish off the most dogs and buns during the 10-minute contest, which uh, took first took place in 1972. Now, the women's contest actually takes place at 10.50 a.m., uh, and then, of course, the men's contest actually starts. The broadcast is at noon on ESPN2, and the actual competition begins oh, roughly about 20 to 1. Now, the hot dog eating contest has developed a cult following with the American betting public. It has become a 4th of July tradition celebrated in the U.S. and the Caribbean, home of the giant offshore sports betting market. For years, starting in the middle of the morning on July 4th, a flurry of small bets, 10 or 20 bucks, starts showing up at bookmakers and computer screens in places like Costa Rica, Jamaica, and Panama. When the action subsides around noon, seven figures on competitive eating could be at stake. Million dollars on tube to meat, ingestion, gambling, and gluttony. American individualism in all its glory. You can't even bet on the contest in Nevada or any of the new states offering legal sports betting this year because of gaming control regulations. It requires approval from gaming control. No Nevada sports books have even made the request. Almost all the, the money wagered on the contest is outsourced to bookmakers operating online from tropical islands. A book manager at Bet Online says that the betting interest on the, the hot dog eating contest, the hot dog handle, if you will, has been comparable to how much is wagered on the length of the national anthem before the Super Bowl. Veteran bookmaker Scott Kaminsky, who works at Jamaican sportsbook thegreek.com, said he's been booking the hot dog eating contest for over a decade. He says the handle's fair. The problem lately has been Joey Chestnut's being such a big favorite. It kills some of the action. Joey Chestnut, last year, actually in 2016, he ate 70 hot dogs. 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes, folks. Well, last year, he bettered it. He had 71 hot dogs that he knocked down last year. The over-under on the number of dogs and buns eaten by this year's winner is 70 and a half. Of course, what makes the uh, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on the 4th of July so much fun is uh, the introductions, uh, they, they have the, all these contestants, not just Joey Chestnut, have very colorful uh, stories. They have very colorful characterizations of themselves, and they have a lot of fun with it. And, um, I mean, you have guys that have paint on. You have guys that come in costume. Uh, you, some of these guys have great personalities, but most of them 
aren't even going to come close to Joey Chestnut or uh, any of the, of the others that might be really good contestants for Joey Chestnut. But uh, that's always a lot of fun, and it's amazing the number of people that uh, gather there at Coney Island uh, at Ocean and Stillwell in, the, in Brooklyn for that contest. So that's going to be coming up tomorrow, the 12 o'clock hour, the hot dog eating contest, which has been running since 1972. The folks from Nathan's put it on, and it is so much fun. Again, a reminder that tonight the Pirates are back at it. Pittsburgh will be facing the uh, Dodgers again, uh, 9.40 airtime here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. Last night it was ugly. 17-1 loss last night for the uh, Pirates to the Dodgers. just seemed like the Dodgers just keep, kept piling on and kept piling on. And uh, Pittsburgh had no answer. Well, tonight they'll try to make things a little different uh, uh, elsewhere tonight. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, they continue a uh, road trip. They will be at Kansas City tonight against the Royals and the Reds, who are playing some good baseball, still playing some good baseball. Came off a uh, split of a home uh, series this past weekend with uh, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, of course, the division leaders in the National League Central. Well, uh, White Sox are in town, a little interleague play. Last night, the Reds came from behind to beat the White Sox 5-3, to and the Reds and the White Sox will play again this evening at Great American Ballpark. So we'll see if the Reds can continue their good play. Reds made a little bit of news today as they signed their number one draft pick, Matt India, the infielder from the Florida Gators. He signed his deal with the Reds today. And uh, so he, uh, I'm sure he's going to be assigned uh, to the minor leagues. Might be assigned to Dayton. Now that just might, might be where where Mr. Matt India is uh, assigned. He's a third baseman, uh, could play shortstop eventually, but probably more of a third baseman, but uh, was a standout player for the Florida Gators. But he signed his deal today with the Cincinnati Reds. Hard to believe that uh, we're, we're getting uh, – little college football talk. You know that they're actually getting going next week with a lot of the college football uh, previews. The SEC, Big 12, Conference USA actually has some of their pre-activity uh, uh, heading up next week, and it's going to be down in Dallas. Actually, it's some of the same facilities that hosted the basketball tournament a few months ago. And if you go online right now, uh, in fact, they just posted it this afternoon, the Conference USA uh, football preview is already up. Two months away from getting the season going, and you can already go to conferenceusa.com and get your football fix because the Conference USA football guide is up. Well, that's going to do it on this start of July. Hope to see a lot of you momentarily over at Dog Dazzle at Harris Riverfront Park. Thanks to Gabriel Sellards, as always, for his fine job running the board. Keep us on the air here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Enjoy your fourth. Special here with you on Thursday. Bill Cornwell saying so long and happy 4th of July.
Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.